There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Miner. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Lindsay Ellis, the head coach at Arizona State University's women's ice hockey team. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi. Centauri, how much do you know about hockey? I know very little to nothing about hockey so i'm super excited for this conversation <laughs> yeah well I'm, I'm 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 excited about it as well i know that that hockey's been growing like crazy in arizona um and i'm excited to learn about the history of women's hockey in arizona as, as well uh Lindsay, i i grew up in northern minnesota and i can remember when i was in high school that was the first year that uh that that the women had a uh had a uh, high school hockey tournament so this is all very near and dear to my heart so excited to uh to have you on if you would tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you got into hockey and how you eventually ended up as a head coach at asu i so i grew up here in phoenix valley um my brother actually played hockey so um i was dragged to the rink when i was little almost every single day and it finally got to the point where <laughs> i wanted to play too um so i started playing uh roller hockey when i was um in uh, grade school and then i switched to ice hockey and i played with the boys until i was about 16 um and then switched over to girls hockey and then i played uh four years at miami ohio um and then here I am now with the ASU women's team. <laughs> so, L- Lindsay, growing up, how big was I? Because I, I grew up in Phoenix as well. How big was hockey during that time? Yeah, um, I mean, I've seen it grow from, um, you know, kind of just a few teams here and there um, to what it is now, which is crazy. And uh, didn't used to be this big at all. Um, roller hockey used to be pretty big here in phoenix it's died down a bit now and it's a lot more ice hockey so that's really cool to see and i think definitely the coyotes have had a huge impact on that yeah it's 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 a fascinating thing again growing up in northern minnesota and i moved down here in 2001 and it really seems since that time uh obviously junior hockey has grown like crazy and this was the first year. Well, I think it was the first year that that Arizona State's men's team made the NCAA tournament as well. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yep. Um, so, it if you don't, this is always sort of a, a touchy question to ask anybody. But what uh, what year was it that you actually were, were were able to play strictly women's hockey in in Arizona? When when did Arizona get women's teams? Um, there was, let's see, I'm trying to think there, there were girls teams, I think, starting from about 2007 ish. Um, I didn't start playing girls hockey until 2009. Um, just in terms of development at that time, a lot of girls did the same thing and, uh, they were easier. It was easier to develop on a boys team just because you had that, I guess, harder coaching style, I guess I should say. Yeah, fair enough. So, from from that time, um, 
were were you recruited to play at Miami of Ohio, or how how did that whole process go? So I reached out to them. Um, basically, when I was going to college, I wanted to go uh, somewhere where I could get a high value degree, and um, I also wanted to go to a bigger school. So that kind of ruled out a lot of Division three programs for me in terms of those two things that I wanted. Um, I have family from Ohio, and uh, Miami, Ohio, had started their women's program uh, when I was a senior in, in high school. So right about that time, I had contacted the coach, and um, I, when I went to tour the campus and everything, I got to meet some of the players, skate with the team, and um, that's kind of how the coach saw who I was, and from there, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> Nice. Well, I, I'm always a huge fan of hearing about somebody really being proactive and making the decision, here's really what I'm interested in in my college experience. I, I want to go to a bigger school. I, I want to have a really solid degree, but I also want the opportunity to, to play the sport at the level I'm interested in playing. And so you did research and you figured out that that was the program for you. You reached out to the coach and, and, and you made it happen. So I, I definitely commend you for that. And when you were there, you also um, took on a leadership role. I did, yes. My um, junior and senior years, I was an alternate captain for the team, uh, which was huge as well. Uh, my junior year, we won the national championship. So oh, congratulations. Uh, that was so cool for to happen and also being a leadership role uh, while it happened. Lindsay, um, I, I'm curious to know, uh, to making the transition, as, as George said, always interested in knowing the transition from growing up in Phoenix to going to school in, in the Midwest. I grew up here and went to school in Indiana, so I'm sure our transitions were very, very similar, but just some anecdotes or thoughts on how, how you um, kind of ingratiated and ingrained yourself into a very, very different culture in Ohio. Yeah, um, it was a little hard at first. I went to school and didn't know single person um i did have family pretty close but i didn't have a car in my freshman year so i was kind of stuck to figure it out on my own um but once i met my teammates i kind of you know it was easier to get into that culture there and everything like that the winters were a little bit tough for me at first i'm <laughs> obviously used to the arizona weather um but after a while i got used to it <laughs> got it nice and so from there what was what was your next move? How did you, how did you find yourself um, where you are today? Yeah. So um, I actually went to school um, wanting to be a physical therapist and I started going that route and quickly found out that uh, sciences was not my expertise. <laughs> um, That'll do it. So, Amen. Yep. Yep. So then I uh, switched my major to sports management um, kind of, we had to do, um, an internship. So I had to do, um, I internship with the athletic department. And then when I was home in the summer, I interned with uh, Utah development here in Arizona. Um, and that's kind of where I started getting into the coaching realm. And then, um, actually my, uh, senior year, I started the creation of the women's team by myself, actually. So that's kind of how the team started. Uh, ASU men's program won the national championship the same year that we did. And that's kind of where the idea of, um, you know, girls playing at ASU started to come about and everything that ASU offers hockey wise already. Um, so that's kind of where it started. 
Um, from there, the school finally approved the team in summer 2015. Um, and then we announced the team that summer and started our recruiting. Um, so ever since then, it's been a lot of work, recruiting, scheduling, and all those types of things. But I pretty much started all of it myself. <laughs> Lindsay, I'm, I, I, I would really like to know, how was it recruiting for an, uh, an unproven team, also a team in the West? So I'm assuming top recruits are coming from a place that's wildly different than Arizona. So talk to us a little bit about the challenges, not only recruitment, but also getting the team off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our inaugural season, we had a very, very short roster um, trying to put out a vision of a team that wasn't even there yet. Um, some people just didn't believe in it. They didn't want to play for a brand new team or they just didn't want to play for a women's college team in Arizona. Um, so we were pretty much the underdog in every category you could think of. So recruiting at the beginning was very, very tough for all of us. Um, and then more and more women's teams started popping up in the West. Um, I think just the success that the men's ice hockey program has had at ASU has brought in a little uh, limelight to us as well. And um, this will be our fourth season this year. And recruiting has gotten exponentially easier. And sometimes we have girls even come to us where we don't even recruit them. Um, so it's gotten a lot easier over the last four years. Nice. When you say you have a short roster, what does that mean? So the first year we had uh, two lines. <laughs> okay. So, yep. So people that are familiar with hockey, obviously you're playing short 30, 45 second shifts. And people got to rest for about a minute in between all of that. So um, it was pretty tough having two lines, obviously, at the college level with a full 60-minute game. But um, we had to make it work for our first year. Yeah, that's 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 sort of what I, what I was assuming that you meant. And for those that you you did a great job of explaining what that means, but from a cardiovascular perspective, that is almost impossible to play a 60 minute game with only with only two lines so you got to give that team all the credit in the world how many lines do you carry now now we have uh, this upcoming season we'll have uh, four lines of forward and uh, four lines of D and three goaltenders so we've grown a lot within the past four years yeah well that, that that's awesome that's just a testament to to, I, I, I suppose a lot of things, obviously hard work and the, the growth of the sport, but, you know, I, I certainly want to congratulate you on that success. So how has, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and you are also the, the, the co-commissioner of the, of the hockey, um, the conference here as well. I am. Um, so the, Western Conference for Women's Hockey is the Western Women's Collegiate Hockey League. And tell us how many organizations are a part of that and and how that helps. Yeah, so this this upcoming season, uh, there'll be seven teams. This is the first year that the ACHA will have a true Western Conference. Um, So in Arizona, it's uh, us at Arizona State and then Grand Canyon University. In Utah, it's University of Utah in Utah Valley. And then in Colorado, it's University of Denver, uh, Colorado State, and University of Colorado. Before that, um, it was basically University of Minnesota and everything to the left. (laughs) Um, 
So it was, <laughs> it was a lot of travel. Um, yeah, no so kidding. There's some new conferences or new teams in the West. So uh, we've kind of first year for a true Western conference, which we're all excited about. Yeah. So how many games are you playing during your season? Yeah, so typically we play anywhere from 20 to 22 games in the regular season. Um, could be up to 30 when you factor in postseason play, like playoffs or national. Got it. Okay. And of that, you travel, roughly speaking, half the time? Um, yeah, it's pretty half and half. Um, so this year we'll take um, three different trips. Uh, within those three trips, though, we'll be playing uh, – let's see, 10 games within three trips. Um, so we try to get as many games and teams as possible when we are somewhere just because of cost-related factors. Sure. And, Lindsay, to the capacity of your knowledge, can you give us a little bit about the kind of full scope of ASU athletics? How many female teams are there, or how many teams in general, and what's it like being part of that huge ecosystem? Yeah, um, so we're actually part of um, – we're technically considered a club sport team. Um, our team is part of the ACHA, the American Collegiate Hockey Association, um, which is not ran by the NCAA. Um, so we are trying to basically kind of follow in the men's footsteps. So ASU men's hockey was also an ACHA program uh, less than five years ago when they actually won the national championship as well. So uh, we were in the same league that we are in the same league that they were in. Um, but ASU just has a huge athletics factor the whole entire city of phoenix is basically you know arizona state fans um minus a few u of a fans but um, i mean you see asu everywhere there's so many fans and it's pretty cool to um you know have fans at a women's hockey game for our team in general just because you don't see that quite often when we're at other places around the country that's very cool how would you compare and contrast the women's ice hockey game with the men's? It's a lot less, um, I don't want to say physical. Uh, we can't do full on hitting in women's hockey. Um, it's still pretty physical in terms of uh, play and everything. And it's um, a little bit slower, I would say, but everything else in terms of fundamentals and hockey knowledge and things like that is pretty similar between the men's and women's. Um, but definitely, men's is a lot quicker and more physical play got it and do you have your sights set on becoming um part of the ncaa um maybe in the future um that's not really my decision um right now our main goal is to become a national championship caliber program and bring multiple titles back to Tempe. Um, yes. So that's our goal right now. Very cool. Well, I feel like, Lindsay, if you set your mind to doing it, that you'll probably get it done. So whatever those <laughs> goals might be. Um, do you view, um, like when when I look at uh, just sort of the, the, the world of sports in the United States, Obviously, hockey is. I think that would be considered uh, really one of the one of the four major sports, but it still isn't nearly as popular here as it is, obviously, in Canada. And then you look at soccer, um, which is not nearly as popular as it uh, here as it is in other parts of the world. 
um, do you do you see any um, I guess commonalities between women's hockey and some of those other up and coming sports? Do you feel like you faced similar challenges to to growing the sport? A little bit. Um, hockey is very unique, um, you know, compared to other sports, just because you have to have a sheet of ice to be mm. able to play it. Whereas a lot of other sports, you can just go outside. Um, but another, you know, with that, the factor of cost. Um, so a lot of people, you know, just simply cannot play hockey because of the cost associated with it and gear and you know, if you break a stick, that's an easy $200 that you're going to have to spend to get a new one. And that's just one piece of equipment. Um, so, I mean, I think cost is a huge factor in growing the game. And um, hopefully, you know, I know a lot of NHL programs do the learn to play programs. And they, I think it's like 100 or $150 where kids can get every single piece of gear and also learn how to play hockey. So I know the NHL is making a huge, huge impact all over the United States to be able to do that. Um, but I do think um, just in terms of growing the women's game, cost is still a huge factor in all of it. And so cost and access, I'm, I'm curious, Lindsay, uh, for our listeners that are located here in the Valley, how many, how many viable rinks or, or opportunities to use are there? It seems like in the Western states, this would be much more of an uphill battle and challenge than other places in, uh, in the country. Yes, it definitely is. Um, in Arizona, there's really only a few rinks here in the Valley. There's one in Gilbert, one in Chandler, uh, one in Tempe, Scottsdale, uh, Peoria. I know they're opening a new rink in uh, Northern Phoenix, um, but that's kind of it. So in at every single one of those ice rinks, the ice is booked from about 5 a.m. till midnight every single night. Um, so you know, if there is more ice, I'm sure it would be utilized all those hours as well. But um, it is pretty hard to get ice in Arizona if you're not part of an association or part of a learn to play program or anything just because of, um, you know, how quickly the great, the game is growing here. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Do you have a sense of what an hour's worth of ice time is? Just if I had a team and I wanted to rent the ice den for an hour how much that would cost um it's around i don't ice den is around about 410 dollars got it so i know yep so arizona has about probably one of the most expensive ice costs in the entire country Um, which makes sense but it does yep uh (laughs) but yeah it's not cheap by, by any means got it what do you wish that, that more people knew about women's hockey? Um, let's see. <laughs> I, I wish people uh, would know that, um, I guess, female hockey players aren't, you know, they can develop the same way as the male hockey players can and um, to not go easy on them. They can take it and, um, you know, just – basically don't treat them any differently just because they are females. Uh, I'm a little biased in that just because I played boys hockey until I was 16. So I definitely had in, in Arizona for that matter. So I definitely have a little bit of a different experience as compared to say a girl who played girls hockey her whole entire, entire life in Minnesota or Massachusetts, wherever they have that sort of play. Um, but I definitely think people need to, um, 
you know, not treat it as something that's different than male hockey. Got it. And do you think that that would be just a better policy across the board, not just in women's hockey? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably a terrible sports fan, but um, <laughs> I'm not familiar with a lot of other sports in terms of male versus female and things like that. But um, I would definitely say in terms of development at any level, I would say it's definitely the same. Got it. I think that that really makes a lot of sense. Excellent. Um, so you've been the coach for, I'm sorry, Take. Uh, tell me again how, how, how many years it's been? This will be my fourth season this year. Got it. Okay. And the recruitment's been going great, and you've, you've got fans showing up to the games, and the sport is growing. Mm-hmm. Do you have a – I don't want to put you on the spot necessarily, but do you have a, a sense of – when you think that you'll legitimately compete for a national championship? I would say probably um, by our sixth season, we should definitely be, um, you know, have the depth of a roster that we need to compete at that high level on a consistent basis. Um, So we're still in the process of even getting a full roster. So I think by our sixth season, we'll have, um, you know, a full roster of, very skilled players and high character players that we could compete for a national championship on a consistent basis. I love it. And do you have a, a well, I'm sure that, you know, um, the percentage of players that are actually from Arizona. Um, this season we will not have a lot. Let's see. I think I could count for you actually. We'll have, um, We'll have players from Arizona out of 21 right now. I'm sorry, what was um, so what, not a lot. What was the number? It's six out of 20, six, six. out of 21. Yeah, got it. Okay, that's still pretty good. And the men's side had had quite a bit of athletes from Arizona. They did, yeah. They had a few. Which is which is very cool. Got it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that this is fantastic. Um, I really appreciate the time. Centauri, what have we forgotten to talk about or, or ask? Uh, Lindsay, I, I kind of want to know ultimately what would be your um, big goal? Do you want to play professional hockey? Like what what is Lindsay's life look like in 10 years? Um, I personally, my playing days are over. I play rec hockey and that's about it for my playing. Um, but 10 years from now, I mean, I hope we have at least one national championship cup brought back to Tempe uh, that the girls have won. Um, and from there, I'm actually trying to get my doctorate right now. So hopefully I'll be a full-time professor by then as well. Um, but definitely I will keep in the hockey world in 10 years. Rock on. Well, uh, just given this conversation, I'm sure you'll do, you'll do amazing things. <laughs> Thank you very much. Do you envision a, a a day when there is some kind of women's professional hockey? Um, hopefully, um, it's it's hard to say just because of again the factor of cost. Right. Um, I mean, I know there's the small league right now, the NWHL, um, but the women really don't get paid a lot, and they don't have health insurance. So, um, hopefully. You know, in the United States, we can get that eventually. It's just really hard to say when. 
Um, I know Europe has leagues that are very, very developed at this point, and I know a lot of American and Canadian female players do go over there to play professionally. Um, so hopefully we can get that over here uh, within the next 10, 15, 20 years. Got it. Well, I love it. Anything else you'd like to share, Lindsay? Any closing thoughts? Um, if anybody wants the support, they can come out to our games. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and, and tell us how how we find out about the schedule. Tell us where you play. Tell us everything about that. Our schedule is on our website. So our website is www.asuwomenshockey.com. Um, and our schedule is all on there. We play out of Oceanside Ice Arena, which is the same rink that the men's Arizona State men's team plays out of. Um, and that is in Tempe, right next to Big Sur. Um, so pretty central location. That's fantastic. And what would be your advice to uh, to young women who are who are thinking about hockey or currently playing to uh, to be able to play at ASU one day? Um, work hard and don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something would be my advice. I love it. Excellent. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much again. Um, we really appreciate the time and really, I'm, I'm very impressed and I definitely commend you on the efforts and wish you luck over the next couple of years growing the program and bringing that national championship home. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, as always, for listening. Go to ASUWomensHockey.com. Go down to the um, – no, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on what the, uh, what the name of the rink is. Oceanside Ice Arena. Go down to Oceanside Ice Arena and check out, check out the women's hockey team. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show